flat. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mind the Flat, a weekly podcast that brings debate to life's most challenging questions. I'm Chris Heffernan and as always I'm joined by my former flatmates and very good friends Amy Isles. Hello there. And Tom Crowther. Hello. This week's life-changing question is, what's the best size to be? But before that, it's time to get in the zone with Chris's Quiz of the Week. So, question number one this week. Robert Wadlow is the tallest person... It's <laughs> a funny name. <laughs> Wadlow. Wadlow. Robert Wadlow. Wadlow. Sorry, Robert. Go on, Chris, what did Robert Wadlow do? He was the tallest person in recorded history. But how tall was he? In what unit of measurement? I will take it in either metres or feet and inches. Okay. Two foot three inches. The tallest? Yeah, it's a two foot three inches. That's like... No, sorry. I was thinking eight <laughs> foot three inches. I was thinking 200 <laughs> metres and then I went... I like that's the size of like a baby. <laughs> like a newborn. I was so confused. <laughs> All oh, right, okay, that's my dumb moment for the podcast done. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <Two I re-> <laughs> now, now we've got eight that. Eight foot. No, sorry, seven foot. I think I'm at seven foot. I didn't even mean eight foot. Can we just have a height, please? Let's have a height. I was thinking over eight foot. Eight foot three inches. How are we doing? Is that what you're going for? Yeah. Close-ish. The correct answer is eight feet, 11.1 oh. inches. Oh, what? we were close. What? So that is 2.72 metres. Wow. No, thank you. Good Lord. That is tall. (laughs) Thank you, Chris. (laughs) Number two. Which English singer-songwriter went straight to number one with their debut single, Mama Do, Uh Uh Uh-Oh, Uh-Oh, in June 2009? Eliza Doolittle. Pixie Lot. Oh. I'm sure it was. I could give you a rendition if you so wish. No, thank you. Are you Rude. saying the answer's Pixie Lot then, together? I'm sure it's Pixie Lot. I feel like, see, it's obviously about being small, but both of them have a small thing in them, so it's not helpful. I'm, I think Pixie is a bit more obvious, though, so I will go with you on I th- that. I think I had this CD. I think I had her CD, and I know she sang it. I think if there's anything I've learnt from past quizzes that we've done is that if Amy has an answer... <laughs> Just go with it. So I'm going with yours. If it's wrong, I reserve the complete right to have a go at you. <laughs> Agreed. Pixie Lot is correct. Yay! She came to my school once. Oh. Fascinating. Not really, I wasn't there. Oh. <laughs> Number three. Which Irish writer penned the tear-jerking story of the selfish giant? Oh, I, I mean, I've never heard of it before, but that sounds sad. You've never heard of it? No. Okay, well, you have to, after this, look it up. Oh, every time my mum used to read it to me as a bedtime story, she'd cry. It is it's a, it's a powerful story. 
Oh, wow. Oh, gosh, I feel Good. moved. But I am going to need an answer, not just tears. Right. Who's it's Irish, other than Oscar, Oscar Wilde? Wilde. <laughs> George Bernard Shaw, but he was a playwright, I think. That's that's my extent. Oh, and um, oh, what was his name? Sean. He's a playwright as well, though. Uh, or James Joyce, he was an Irish writer. Or oh, it could be James Joyce. I don't think it would be George Bernard Shaw. James Joyce is the probably... Well, it's the one novelist that you've actually uh, yeah. spoken about so far, so... Yeah, should we go for that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Come on. At any opportunity, oh, if I put in the quiz, the answer's going to be Oscar Wilde. The answer's... If it's literary, the answer's are always going to be either Oscar Wilde or C.S. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Both of whom are Irish. Um, oh, of course. Oh, yeah, he was born in Belfast, wasn't he, C.S. Lewis? Number four, continuing with a theme, uh, all about me. Um, Number four, (laughs) which actor who previously played the title role in Doctor Who starred as Plod Clock in the 2011 TV film of The Borrowers? It's got to be David Tennant, surely. No, no, mm, I think he's, I think he's trapping us here. I think it could be Christopher Eccleston. Okay. I don't think I've. I don't. I didn't know what the borrowers were until I started researching this podcast. So, <laughs> again, good at fair. I'm sure. I don't think it's David Tennant. I think it might be Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. Bang on! Completely right. Yeah. Yep. He played. He was. Uh, Plod Clock is the father of the um the borrowers, Ooh. and it was played by Ian Holm in the original. Oh, there we go. Cool. Well, I've just learned that there are two, so good to know. (laughs) Number five. According to research by the ONS in 2010, how tall is the average UK woman? Woman? Well, I'm quite little. Amy, how tall are you? I'm five foot two. Okay. Five foot seven. I'd go seven. Yeah. No. Oh, the average height of a woman is five foot three inches. <gasps> I'm almost average height. What? No way. Oh my god. Where are they hiding all of the tiny women? Do they just have a little room where they put all of the really small women in? And we just don't meet them. I can't believe this. I'm slightly heartbroken by the fact I'm like average height. I like being small. It's part of your identity, isn't it? It literally is. The average man was five foot nine inches. Wow. Wow. People are smaller than I thought. So it's now time to debate. The motion before the flat today is a borrower is the size to be. This week's caveat is whatever size you are, You must live in this world. Other than that, the rules are the same as always. No swearing, no taking offence, and of course, no pompous points. Once again, we start with an affirmative statement, this week from Amy, on the brilliance of being a borrower. So, as someone who all of their life has been kind of labelled as small or tiny or short or little I have learned to embrace being small and I love it like I would not swap being small for anything so why not multiply well not multiply but like 
multiply it in reverse and make yourself really tiny and I just think it, it it has all the great aspects of being a small human in this world just exemplified but with added bonuses as well like okay advantages of being small in as as a small human sized person more leg room on public transport <laughs> which is always amazing. You never, ever have to complain about legroom. Like, I sit next to so many people and they're like, oh, I can't fit my legs behind these seats. And I'm just there, like, swinging my legs away. Like, I've got loads of room. This isn't a problem. Um, People, like, I think it's easier, like, a lot of people say, like, in big crowds when you're trying to watch something, like, oh, but you can never see because you're so short. But you can weave your way through because you're small. You're just like, oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And people just kind of go like, where's that coming from? And by the time they've noticed... You're at the front. You've squeezed your way through. Um, and then being, like, extra tiny, I think it just opens up a whole world of possibility. You see things in so much more detail, which I think is really fascinating. And I think that makes you, like, appreciate the world all the more because you've got, like, a more in-depth perspective of it. I just love wow. it. Lo- lots of points there, Amy. I'm, ju- I'm yeah. going to come to... We'll, we'll, go, we'll go through them. Number one. Okay. More legroom on public transport. Absolutely. However, if you are tiny, if you are borrower size, um, that legroom's going to count for nothing when someone sits on you. Okay? When you're sitting in your seat on public transport thinking, look at all the legroom. This is like this is like a mansion, this chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, that's disgusting. Someone sits on you. You sat there. Uh, uh, oh, how? No one's going to hear you scream. Okay, you are stuck underneath someone's on... bottom. Yeah, on my pen right here is one of my favourite quotes, which is also why I love being short. And it's from a Shakespeare play. And it says, though she be but little, she is fierce. That is my favourite quote of all time. So just because you're short doesn't mean you can't kick up a fuss. But it does mean that you're probably going to get squashed. <laughs> and if someone sits on you, you just stab them. I think most of, most of my points that I have here about it, against your argument are basically around being trampled or squashed. You're like you're you're going to be as Chris so brilliantly exemplified, and I think he deserves a point for it, which I'm going to give. Being inserted up someone's <laughs> rear end on public transport. Oh my God, we never <laughs> talked about insertion. That's a very different thing from being sat on. <laughs> I am not being inserted into anyone, thank you very much. Um, or... Chris is gone. <laughs> okay, I've lost Chris. Or, you mentioned being able to weave your way through crowds. You're probably going to get stomped on by that crowd. They're not, they're gonna, they're not going to be looking down by their feet to see if there's any tiny little pixies around. You know, you're going to get stomped, you're going to get squished. You're never going to make it to the front because of the peril of actually weaving your way through. Chris, stop laughing. The bum thing has stopped now. <laughs> okay, all right. So, uh, yeah, uh, fair, fair play. Chris is getting a point for getting squashed because I think that is a disadvantage of being tiny, like properly tiny sized. But at the same time, I think a lot of people have the perception of little tiny things is very cute. So you're going to gain a lot of friends by being like this tiny little homunculus that's very cute 
kind of perception and then you can just exploit that and use them to like carry you through crowds be lifted up you've got the best view of the house if you just if someone just stands there like holding you up i'm taking that amy's having a point there i mean the transport benefits of just being slipped into someone's coat pocket and amazing you just poke out i like that i like that thank you but very much th- that is a, that is a good point if you can get someone to play that role for you, but you constantly then have to rely on having a handler. You know, you can't get by your life on a, on a day-to-day basis on your own. You have to have someone there that will pop you in their pocket or will stop people squashing you or will drive you places or anything. Like You have to have that support. You you would be very hard-pressed to live your, le- live your life without having that person there to, to um, be that crutch for you. It's survival of the fittest. You learn how to climb. Just like grab onto people's trousers. If someone doesn't want to give you a lift, stuff it. I'm going to grab onto their trouser leg and just hoik my way up. And you just learn how to adapt to that environment so that you don't get squished or you do get a leg up in your own way. And I've got to say, have I, I'm not a massive Stuart Little fan, but I believe Stuart Little used to drive around in like a remote control car. Yeah, so he did. There is a whole world of like toys, that are to- things that are toys to us could actually be very easily adapted into vehicles of travel for small people. Mm. Amazing. I like that. So I think, you know, small people have got that advantage that, yes, there mm-hmm. is this idea of needing a care, but a couple of tweaks on a, on a remote control car, you can slip in and drive it like it's a normal car. Yeah, this is what I meant about, like, exploring the world in more detail as well. I think you get to be more ingenuitive with things because, like, small things that people could sometimes overlook... That is your normal size. So you get to be more inventive with that. And like the Borrowers, I've only seen a very short snippet, I think, of the Borrowers film. Probably should have researched it before this episode. Didn't do that now, regretting it. But anyway, they I I seem to remember that they're really ingenuitive with how they make like their, their home. And it's, I mean, that's just a bit of me, really. Like, love a bit of creativity. I'm going to give you a point there for ingenuity. I think this Thank idea you. of being small, you you have to see the world in a different way and really be creative mm. with that. And I think often, like Stuart Little, the borrowers, there is a sense of thinking outside the box to survive. Mm. I like that. Thank you. But should we should we go a bit bigger? Okay, we've started right. we've started small with a borrower. Let's go up a size. Okay, Tom. Okay, so I feel like I've got a, a slightly hard task here because I'm not arguing for being regular sized. I'm not going to say normal sized because there are varying sizes, as Amy so perfectly exemplifies with her shortness. Um, so I'm arguing for regular size. So that's human beings, things that, that things are made for us. You know, the, the the world that exists today is the world that we live in because we created it in our image. And so, if you want to go through a door. You can because you're a normal sized person. You're not a giant, so you won't smash your head on the door. You know, clothes, they're there already for us. You've got so much choice because you don't have to make everything yourself. You know, there's not going to be, if you're the only tiny little person, there's not going to be a, a, a huge market for clothes tailored to pixies. You're <laughs> going to have to make your own. It's going to be harder to just do normal things like buy interesting looking clothes. Um, Toilets. I mean, I know we've already kind of <laughs> headed in this direction and, and we're swiftly moved away from it. But, but you, I mean, toilets are very much made for normal-sized people. So if you are tiny, you may fall down it and be flushed. If you are giant, you may sit on it and smash it. And so being a normal-sized human really comes with that benefit of actually being able to use a toilet. 
<laughs> I'll give Tom a point there. I think he's, he's very right. I think the 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 sort of thing of trying to think of how a borrower would use the toilet, that sounds a very risky process. Mm. That is really it, it, not the time you want to be sat on. I'm not going to lie, being the size that I am, I've fallen down toilets before. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, what sometimes, sort of if toilets you need... are you using? Actually, Amy, you that's know not what? a toilet, that's a bath. <laughs> oh, that's why our bathroom always smelled funny when we lived together. <laughs> no, but you know, like, living with you three in at uni... Sometimes, and to be honest, I've got to say, you were all very good at this, and I'm very appreciative of it. But occasionally, the toilet seat would be left up. I'd go to the toilet, not realise. I'd sit on the tiny little lip, and you know what? Before you know it, you're like almost gone in. <laughs> it happens. I've got to say, that has never happened to me. Yeah, well, tiny people face these problems. Or just women, oh to be fair. It could just be a woman problem of living with men. Oh, dear. But do you see my point? That, you know, it's, it's yeah, I do. super hard <laughs> to use a toilet. Um, but, but that's it. Just things in general. Things that you rely on in your everyday life. Like knives. or so, like if you, if you want to cut something up and you're a tiny little person, you know, knives are normal-sized. And so normal-sized people can handle them. If you're huge, they're going to be tiny little things. Your knife and fork <laughs> in your little, little tiny little hands. And you've got... Uh, it's going to be uh, portions, food portions. Mm. But the, if you go out to a restaurant and you order and you're a tiny person, they're going to bring you a normal person's size of food. You're way overpaying for, for the amount of food that you're actually going to eat. That's or true. you're a giant and all you're getting is a tiny little morsel and you have to spend the same amount of money as a normal person to get probably a tenth of the fill that you're going to have. It's ridiculous. Okay. Yes, the world is built for normal for average sized people. We, we, we've got that. But think of the things you can't do. Okay? You go for an exploration in a forest. Okay? You can't do that. Okay? As an average sized person. Because there's those branches and gorse. The places you can explore if you are small. And equally, if you're big, you can, you've got the strength to get through places and climb over things. So if you're bigger you can climb over things and if you're smaller you can get through and under things if you're average size it oh i can't do that yeah oh don't worry i can eat a meal yay i've got some clothes yay but adventure no not for me good good point chris yeah Uh, and i'll give you a point for that but you're very rarely on your day-to-day base on a day-to-day basis going on an adventure through the jungle and so (laughs) if you want to just get from a to b if, if your A to B doesn't involve you, you know, cutting down trees, um, then it's probably going to be quite hard to get there. If you need to get there by car, you can't drive a car if you're tiny because that would be super dangerous and you wouldn't be able to fit in a car We've if you're huge. This. Toy cars. <laughs> Which, I mean, if you, if you want to drive a toy car at, you know, 80 miles an hour down the motorway, <laughs> then you're probably going to get into some trouble because that is going to be way too fast relative <laughs> to the size of that car. But you so don't have to go on motorways with off. a toy car. You can make your own path because you know what? You don't have to abide by normal people rules. And it will take you forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think fair, fair to, point to Tom for kind of using the caveat against our two arguments in that, yeah, the, the world as it is is designed 
for normal people to make and i think inevitably not like no, normal size people not normal normal people normal not normal size like human sized people that's what i'm getting at because <laughs> we got there in the end we got there in the end inevitably life is going to be easier for them than it would be for a big a giant or a humunculus type person and i think that's kind of the crux of my argument is that it's yes it would be as a novelty if you were just if you were a small person for a day or a giant person for a day it would be really fun and interesting and you could do some really creative things but if that had to be your life all of the time it would be horrendous it would be terrible especially because everyone would notice you or no one would notice you you wouldn't just you would never be able to be anonymous. You would always be that tiny little person or that giant person. Like sometimes you don't want to be seen. Sometimes you're having a bad day and you don't want people gawking at you. Okay. I think it's time to up the size of this argument. Okay. <laughs> Supersize it. <laughs> it's time to bring in the giant. Before I bring in my own arguments, I'd like to build on something you said. This idea that if you're not average size the world is built for average size humans does a mouse have a good life does a tiger have a good life does a killer whale have a good life does a blue whale even bigger have a good life all of these things come in a multitude of sizes and they enjoy life they have a quality of life they have a way of living their way if I were to be a giant, I would evolve my way of living. Yes, I wouldn't be able to come in your poxy little house with your windows and your doors. But maybe I don't want to. Maybe that's not what I'm about. Maybe I'm about being able to get from A to B in half the time you can, even in this motorised vehicle you've built that you've exclusively built to only people of your size, you prejudiced guy. Okay, I can think... Oh. I don't need that. I'll just take some big strides. I'm there. I've arrived, okay? I can build a whole new civilization with my massive arms, okay? I don't need diggers and trucks. <laughs> I'm everything. I'm a giant. You're everything. Okay, I'm giving you a point for the phrase, I am everything. I am a giant. <laughs> it sounds like something out of an absolutely terrible B-movie. <laughs> I think you're right though Chris in that like whatever size you are you adapt the world to to you and that's that's a possibility and I think in in like real life I'm pretty sure Warwick Davis has built his own house to like adapt to his size which is quite cool I think yeah I think adaptation is a key part yes we have to live in this world with all these annoying normal sized humans but that doesn't mean we can have a whole new world built within this world. Wouldn't that be quite lonely, though? If you if you were the only giant, you know, you you would build this own world, this this world of your own, and you would be the only one living in it. And everything would be adapted to you, but you wouldn't have anyone to share it with. And that would be really depressing. Yes, but unlike humans, I'm not prejudiced. So I would construct chairs that normal human size or borrower size people could sit in and go wee and be <laughs> elevated up to my level and suddenly we can all work in this new world that i've built but also coming back maybe slightly more sensible let's go back to this world yes i might have to live 
somewhere separate. As a giant, I can't live in this house very easily. But I can be a great saviour. I can get cats out of trees. No more ringing 999, okay? I'm there. Cat out the tree, okay? You have an earthquake. I'm there to pick up the rubble. I can save lives, okay? And I mean, we've had quite a bit of toilet humour, so I'm going to go there again, okay? <laughs> Gulliver's travels. They had a fire. What did Gulliver do? No. Fire really? put out, okay? I'm just saying... The giant has a lot of uses to society. I don't think society would be outcasting me. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you a point for that kind of usefulness. But I think you've kind of touched on something that actually is a, a big problem, which is that you would be clumsy. We talked with a- on mm. Amy's point that you would be liable to being the victim of other people stomping on you or sitting on you. But if you're a giant, it may not be a risk to you. But you're a risk to other people. I mean, if there's been an earthquake and you need to save people, the best solution isn't just bring in all the diggers and scoop up all the rubble because there's people under that rubble. So if you come in with your big old hands and start grabbing <laughs> stuff and moving it around, people are going to get crushed. You know, if, 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 as you suggest, if there's a fire and you decide to put it out using your own productive methods, um, you... you, you you could drown these people in the amount of water that you might produce. So not just water. <laughs> I was be, I was trying to kind of sanitize this a little bit, um, but you know, it, it, in attempting to be useful, you might actually be a hindrance. You might hurt people. Yeah, I think point to Tom there for clumsiness. Yeah, good good point. Well made. Building on from that as well, I think you're you're overlooking something huge here, which is a fear of heights. And I'm not going to lie, a few weeks ago, I stood, so this isn't even giant sized, but I stood on our sofa and Jordan came and stood next to me. And I've never really, like, bearing in mind I'm 21 years old, I've never really thought about this before. But when he stood next to me, I realised I was the same height as him. And it felt like such a different perspective, perspective of the world. And then I was like, I don't like this. Like, this is too high. And, like, that's only, like, about a foot higher than I was. And, like, imagine being giant. To- oh, no, wouldn't like it at all. No. You were stood on a sofa, though, which I feel adds to the whole height thing. Like, if you go to the top of a tower, it's very different to actually being that tall, isn't it? I think, yeah, I, th- I think it- I-, I can't give you a point for that, Amy, because it's okay. about it's about the stability of it. And it's about, okay. you know, it- also, yeah, it's relative. It- it's relative, you know. There's a reason why Jordan, being the size that he is, is not scared of his own height. <laughs> and it's because that's what he's always been. He's used to it. Whereas if you're okay. suddenly elevated to that height, that's what's the scary thing. Can you imagine? Tall people trembling all the time everywhere <laughs> they went. Oh. I get vertigo every time I stand up. <laughs> oh, why is the ground so far down? Okay, fair, so, yeah, okay, all right. There is a slight point there, though, Amy, which is less about the the fear and more about the danger to to your your own person from being excessively tall. Mm. And in researching this, I actually found out that the taller you are, you know, the the higher risk you have of having blood clots, of dying from cancer, 
of having arrhythmia. You know, there's all sorts of health, and I guess also banging your head on door frames. But you know, there's all sorts of health implications that come with being that tall because it's not just like biology. You don't just expand the size and it all works exactly the same. You know, if you expand it, there are significant differences to being really tall, and so you might die a lot earlier because you're really tall. So we're not talking about taking a human and just stretching them. It's about a giant, a giant no, no, their own thing. I'm, I'm, no, it's, it's, we're talking about a, a, a giant-sized human. So if they're in the in the size of a human, those biological um, processes that happen inside a human body, if you make them much much bigger, it's harder for those things to happen because if you think about like your veins, they, they have to pump that blood against gravity. And it's a lot harder to do that when there's a higher quantity. Like those biological processes that we have might not be scalable. Well, I suppose we'll have to give you a point for science then. Oh, I felt like it was edging into the pompous, but okay, we'll, we'll let it we'll let it slide. Well, on that note. Okay, we've brought in the science. I think we'll come to a nice conclusion. So, <laughs> it's the moment of truth. It's time to look at the scores on the doors. Can I just make one final point? But I really like being small, and if I don't win, I will take offence. Just saying. <laughs> and with that in mind, <laughs> here are the scores. I better win. No, I'm joking. <laughs> on two points, we have Amy. And... <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's it. My is over. End of. We're never recording again. I love that. It wasn't even just second place. Dead last. Well, for all the small people listening, I'm with you. We stand together. In next, we have on four points, we have average sized people with Tom. And coming in at five, because they are everything, we have the Giants. Goodness gracious. Well, I I like being small. So there you go. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with us or tell your friends all about us, then you can either through... Oh, that's me. Sorry. <laughs> One job, Amy. I'm sorry. I can't get myself together. <coughs> Our social media... On Facebook, we're Mind the Flat Podcast. On Instagram, we're at Mind the Flat underscore podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Mind the Flat underscore pod. Or you can email us at mindtheflatpodcast at gmail.com. Or visit our website, mindtheflatpodcast.com, where we've got all our episodes from this series and series one. And we'll be back again next week with more debate on another of life's most challenging questions. Until then, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.